Welcome into the Clap Trap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. Okay, welcome into another episode of the Clap Trap. It is the final episode of 2022 as we are saying goodbye and happy new year to 2023 uh hoping that that one will be a good year for some of our sports teams and uh hoping that some others stay on track because right now we're dealing with a couple of teams that have a good chance in Boston and we're dealing with a couple of teams that have some uh work to do is 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 a kind way of putting it uh, to get back to where they need to be but i appreciate you guys for tuning in i just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show uh, on 90.7 wkkl and also as a podcast we've also gotten into youtube this year in 2022 i want to continue growing uh, and expanding and trying new things in 2023 so that's what we will be doing uh, going forward with the claptrap but it's been a, a heck of a year, a lot of storylines going on. And so today I did want to get into that. I actually have a nice article or a, yeah, a, a top 10 done by Alex Barth of 98.5, the sports hub. And uh, he has the 10 biggest Boston sp- sports storylines. Oh, I can't talk of 2022. So we are going to get into that. Uh, but we also have a couple other more recent things that have been happening with the teams that, uh, I mean, I want to go over with. Obviously, we had the Patriots and everything that has happened with them now losing back-to-back games in heartbreaking fashion. And now you're still going to say that they have a chance to make the playoffs, which is crazy to me. I mean, I think that most of us thought after the Buffalo game, there was no chance that this team was going to be able to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, back then, uh, looking really bad. Then you go out there, you take care of business um, against the Arizona Cardinals, and and then back-to-back heartbreaking losses. And now we're really thinking there's got to be no chance, right? But apparently there is. I mean, we, we got to win both of these last games, the Patriots do. And now you're going to go and play against a Miami Dolphins team without Tua this Sunday. And, and you will have a shot now at being able to beat them as a result of that. So the Patriots have a chance to not only get back to 500, but be going into the final week of the season with a chance to win and get into the playoffs. Crazy to think it wouldn't have thought, you know, wouldn't have ever imagined that we'd be in this scenario, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I still don't feel good about it. I don't see how you could feel good about it as a Patriots fan right now. Obviously, you're going to have a much better chance against the Dolphins, but they have found spectacular ways to blow games against teams that they should have beaten, teams where they had the win in their hands and they just gave it away. Jacoby Myers and then Ramondre Stevenson, which Ramondre's, it's tough, I know, but you know you got to hold on to the ball there at the goal line and and see what can happen for us. Uh, obviously, he also kind of started the initial lateral in the play bef- in the game before that against the Raiders. So Ramondre having a tough couple of games from a mental standpoint at the end of those games. We'll see. We'll see how things are going to go. I-, I mean, I feel pretty good about the Dolphins game. I feel like we should be able to be in that game against them with Teddy Bridgewater. That's how I feel. Um that remains to be seen, obviously, going forward. 
you know, what this team could do is going to come a lot from the defense. You got to have Mac Jones step up. The offense has got to play good enough. And you got to make no bonehead decisions at the very end of the game. Those are the keys to it. And then, unfortunately, it looks like the Bills will still have to be playing for home field advantage in the final week of the regular season. That was the only hope that we kind of had for ending above 500 and possibly getting into the playoffs. So I think that you have a chance to beat the Dolphins this weekend. And then the road stops as the D- Bills will probably come in here and kick our butts. I wouldn't even be surprised if the Dolphins won this weekend, too. Uh, but, I mean, obviously there's a good chance now that you don't have to play against Tua. Though I don't think that he's been that good of a quarterback. He has done good enough against the Patriots that it doesn't really matter. So, Patriots still have a chance to make the playoffs in this uh, season, which which is crazy to think. And, uh, I mean, I absolutely would love it, absolutely want that more than anything. Maybe you get matched up against a team that you can look better than you did against the Bills last year at least. That would be nice. Uh, put in a better, better, uh, you know, showing in the playoffs. That would be, I think, huge for the morale. We'll, we'll see how things go. And uh, a lot of changes that need to be made in this offseason, which we'll eventually obviously get into. But I'm feeling okay going into this Sunday uh, with with Tua not being in the game. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Okay, it's time to take our first break of the episode. But when we come back, we'll be switching it up to a Celtics topic here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and wrapping up 2022 for the Claptrap. Let's get back into it. The other thing, the other you know, more recent news that's been happening recently, other than the fact that the Celtics have been just kicking butt. Uh, you had Jason Tatum coming out. He was led to this answer, though, I will say. But the recent comments about Jason Tatum, where he goes out and says, this time last year, y'all wanted to trade either one of us. And now you just said Mike and Scotty, meaning Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen. Uh, we're not as bad as you guys say, but we're not as good as Mike and Scotty yet. Now, he was led to it. If you if you listen to the comments, he was kind of led into that answer. But it's true. I was one of those people. I think there was a lot of people in the Boston sports media. I think there was a lot of Boston sports fans, a lot of Celtics fans even, that were saying, you know, maybe these guys can't work together. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, their games kind of don't coexist sometimes. They're each trying to be the main dominant ball handler type, those kind of things there. And we were all wrong. We were all wrong about that. Obviously, they have gotten past that. Obviously, they are working really well together. They are considered now two of or one of the best duos, not only in the league right now, but now people are starting to compare them to to great duos of old. So, I I mean, I I think it's ridiculous to put them even in the conversation yet with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. That's pretty crazy. So that's, you know, something we should refrain from doing, but... We are talking about them as a top-tier duo, certainly in the league right now, but within the conversation of, of some of the great ones. It's it's nice to hear. It's also Jason Tatum is nowhere near wrong when he says, when he brings up the point that last year everybody wanted to get rid of it, disband it, trade one of them, most likely Jalen Brown, get rid of it and, and start over with just one of those guys, Jason Tatum, and move forward with the Celtics. 
but you know, we are where we are. They they were able to make a turnaround. I don't think that anyone was in the wrong for feeling that way, but they turned out to be wrong, obviously. Now you came out flat last year, you got yourself into a horrible situation, the team didn't look good, and then you turned it around and met went on that miraculous run only to be stopped in the finals by the Warriors. So great job by them. And now you come out extremely hot this year, even with a brand new coach, because you're fully engaged and ready to go and know what it takes. And they're looking great. They're looking like a top team in the entire league, right? It's them. It's the Bucks. You got a couple of teams there up at the top that are actually fighting for best team in the league. And though the Celtics have kind of come back down to earth a little bit from what they were a month ago, they are still the top tier talent that you can say they should be a finals contender, if not certainly in the finals. So uh, we'll see how things go. But that was an interesting comment. Like once again, led by the reporter, led by the person giving the question, kind of gave Tatum that answer. So I don't know if he thought of that on his own, but uh, you know, it is funny how this time last year, we were all talking about trading Jalen Brown. I know I was, I know I certainly was. So hand up. I was wrong. Uh, you, You know, that was not the solution. I still am a little worried that eventually Jalen Brown will want to go and make his own team, make his his own way as the leader of a team. But if they're willing to stay together, Tatum and Brown, for the foreseeable future, that bodes well for Boston, obviously. I'm not saying I'm not breaking any news there. They are going to be good for a long time if you just keep those two together. You can piece things around those guys, but if you keep them together, now you're now you're in a good spot. Now you're in a good spot. Now those were the only kind of real big, uh, you know, newsworthy things I would say within the last you know week or so here. Obviously, the Patriots, everybody's got their eye on them. What are they going to be doing? And now with Tua out and then you have uh, the Celtics still doing their thing and just beating the Clippers, able to handle them. And now you got the Jason Tatum comment there. You had the Bruins also getting some wins recently. Uh, Linus Almar continuing to do his thing as the best goalie in the NHL. They keep rolling, and I'm happy to see that. think that that will continue, and looking forward to talking more about that in 2023. But now we are going to wrap up 2022 by going over, like I said, I have an article here, 10 Biggest Boston Sports Storylines of 2022, as written by Alex Barth of 98.5 The Sports Hub. We're going to go through all of his top 10 moments, talk about them a little bit to end off 2022 with the claptrap. Uh, and it's it's going to be a good one. I, I think he's got some good stuff on this list. That's why I brought it up. That's why I'm talking about it. So let's jump into it. We've got number 10 on the list, Mr. Chris Sales injuries. He starts off the list with Chris Sales injuries, going into the fact that this guy just cannot stay healthy. He is one of the major reasons that the Red Sox are in the condition that they're in right now with no starting pitching. And they have a guy who... You know, he's coming off an injury. He finally gets back to being, uh, you know, able to come out and, and and start pitching once again. And a couple of weeks into his return, what happens? He gets injured again. But not in the way that you would think. Not in the way you would actually uh, think that this twig of a human being, no offense, Chris Sale, I think, I'm sure you're a nice enough guy. 
but your your body type is of a twig. And so you obviously are going to break down a lot of moments. We thought about that from year one with the Red Sox, knowing about where he came from and how he had that problem of wearing down later on in, in the year. When it gets towards the playoff time, he starts to wear down. His body type is not good for that kind of stuff. Dominant pitcher, workhorse of a guy, very responsible with his answers in in, in post-game conferences. He knows to, to kind of blame himself in a lot of situations, the things that all Boston sports fans love to hear out of their players. He knows what he's doing, but fragile. He is not able to stay on the field, injury prone. And then you have the newest injury that happened. And we're going to get into that when we come back after this on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're wrapping up 2022 with the top 10 storylines in Boston sports. We're still talking about number 10, which is Chris Sale's injuries. Let's get back into it. I'm talking about the mysterious bike accident that happened while he was apparently just riding his bike, maybe fell off of the bike. Then all of a sudden, now you got broken bones involved with this thing. And everybody's wondering what the heck happened. What the heck? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Chris Sales once again injured. And it's because of a biking accident. Now, I back then went into the whole scenario. There was a lot of random rumors. Some people were saying that he had gotten aggravated at somebody else and tried to maybe go after somebody. And that created the bike accident. Some people were just saying that he actually just fell over kind of like a Joe Biden type of thing and injured himself that way on a bike. Either way, how the heck are you going to go out there and get injured by just riding a bicycle, Mr. Chris Sale, after all the torment you put these fans through? Sure, you've done some great things. Obviously very involved in that 2018 World Series where you had him coming out of the bullpen. That was great. But... The amount of time that this guy has spent on the injured reserve for what? It's a $160 million contract or something like that that he got from the Red Sox. You're not really getting the value out of him. He's not your workhorse. He's not your number one. And now they're still wondering, is he going to come back next year and be able to add any value to this team? There's no way you can trust that. There's, there's no chance that any Red Sox fans trust that Chris Sale will actually have a meaningful role next year. If he does, that would be great. That would be amazing. We would love to see it, of course. A comeback story. It would be awesome. I, I would love that. But there's just no chance that you you actually feel like that will happen, right? There's no chance. So number 10 on the list is Chris Sale's injuries throughout the 2022 year, which were crazy. Coming off of a major injury, going back down to a bike bicycle accident injury. Crazy to think. Crazy to think. That's number 10. Number nine. He has the home garden advantage for both the Celtics and the Bruins in this year. I'm talking a Bruins team that is 18-0-2 at TD Garden. And then you also have the Celtics at 15-5. Those records combine for a winning percentage of 82.5% at home for the Bruins and the Celtics in TD Garden. Obviously, both of these teams dominating their individual sports right now, their individual sports seasons, the 2022-2023 seasons for hockey and basketball. So you figured that there would be some pretty high numbers at home. Celtic, I mean, Boston Bruins still have not lost in regulation at home. And then you have the Boston Celtics, who are at a solid record, like I said, up there at 15 and 5. 
Congratulations to both of them. And congratulations to TD Garden, right? That's been a great time. It's been a good time to be a Boston sports fan. I've gotten to go to a couple of these games myself. I'm sure many fans out there have as well. It's a great atmosphere, the TD Garden. It's got to be one of the best ones going just because of the, the passion of the fans uh, and how rowdy they actually can get in that building which is completely different from something like a Gillette Stadium where they seem to be more pacifist fans and you can't really yell and scream for your team the way that you do at TD Garden. The Garden, for at least the Celtics, huge home home court advantage, I would say. The chanting, everything that that fan base is able to do. Now, sometimes they get a little too rowdy. They do some stupid stuff. We all know that, and we all say that that's the worst thing that you could do. And we, we go against those types of people, but the passionate real fans that go there to cho- to root on their team, some of the best in all of sports love to see that. So the overall dominance that both the Boston Bruins and Boston Celtics have had at the garden this year, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. I've been happy to see it obviously. And it's been a fun time. Uh, for those fan bases. So happy for that. Hoping that it'll continue in 2023. We'll see how things go. I'll be interested to see the first Bruins game at home in 2023. Will that streak get broken? Who knows how things will go. But moving on to number eight on the list. We're sticking with the Bruins in this one, actually. He has the Tuka Rask return and then retiring. Now, If you guys know me, I'm not the biggest Tuka Rask fan. I loved everything that he was able to do for us. I I appreciate how great of a regular season goalie he always was. He brought us on some crazy runs that got us to the end. And yes, you you were hoping that somebody else would be able to take the burden off of him so that he wouldn't have to kind of stand on his head to win you a championship. That never actually came to fruition with the Bruins, unfortunately. He was never the starting goaltender on a Stanley Cup winning team. Uh, So, you know, seeing Tuca come back for a very small portion of the season, it didn't really make any sense to me at the time. Uh, It felt like, you know, this team was trying to move forward with Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. Why the heck are we going to even try and entertain Tuca Rask coming back? He's clearly injured, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so it was an interesting time to be a Bruins fan because I know that there's still a lot of Tuka Rask fans out there that were di- desperate and dying for him to come back to the team. But unfortunately, he just didn't have it in him anymore. So he comes back. He, he's hanging out for a little bit there. He's not doing too great. He had a couple of good games, a couple of absolutely hor- horrendous games. And then he's gone once again and retired for real, which I think was the right move. I think that you shouldn't have even, obviously, I'm saying it right now, you shouldn't have even come back uh, and tried to make that little extra push. I get it from a uh, Bruins, you know, upper management standpoint. You were basically, you were getting a possible, it was a roll of the dice, possible top tier goaltender for nothing, for a veteran minimum type contract. So I understand why they went for it. I don't know why Tuca went for it. I think I I felt like he was checked out anyways, but I get that, you know, when you're at that peak level of sports, you probably don't want to give that up. We're seeing it with Tom Brady, obviously, but somebody like Tuca Rask who has seen success and thinks that they can still go out there and do it and enjoys being around their guys in the locker room. Yeah, I understand why he maybe thought, He wants to go back, but I think that he should have been told by his group, 
okay, I think it's time to ride out to the sunset here, too, because you've done enough, and uh, they already have their plan. So, you know, why are you coming back? Why, why are you coming back to uh, this to, uh, Tuca at this point? I don't understand it. All right, time for another break. But when we come back, we'll continue the top 10 Boston sports storylines of 2022 here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back with more of the Claptrap, and we're wrapping up 2022. We are going over the Alex Barth Top 10 Biggest Sports Storylines of 2022 right now, if you're just joining us. And I do appreciate anyone who is tuning in, whether it's on the radio or as the podcast, YouTube channel, whatever you're doing. I really appreciate it. Uh, So let's get back into it. Like I said, the Alex Barth top 10 biggest sports storylines of 2022 we are moving our way down to number seven which still is with the bruins right now a lot of bruins stuff that happened on this list worth talking about number seven for him is the bruins making a coaching change now obviously this has been a big topic of discussion on this show because i thought it was a terrible move especially at the time And even last season when they were going through everything and all the reports were coming out that it was just too much for some players. He was too mean of a coach. He was getting on too many guys. Even the the bigger talented, the more veteran type guys was were upset with the way he was coming down hard on some of the other players. And I just thought personally. Isn't that what you want with your hockey coach? I I don't know. I I thought that we were still in a time where even though we've gotten to 2022 and people have become much more soft in the sports world, I thought that the hockey guys, the hockey hardos of the world would stick to having a tough coach is good for you. It's going to build character. If he's going to call you out because you suck and you did suck when he would call you out, let's not get that twisted. You just didn't like it. I thought that that was good for a team, especially in a violent sport like hockey. I thought that, but I guess I was wrong on that one too. Uh, That seems to be a theme recently with some of these decisions, just because now you bring in Montgomery and all of a sudden this team is an absolute wagon. It seems like their offense completely changed. They kept the defense from Bruce Cassidy. So they're still playing well on that side of the puck. Their goaltending is obviously doing really well with Linus Allmark. They're scoring as much, if not more than anyone else in the league. It's great. It's been great. And you hope that it's going to be able to continue. Obviously all those Bruce Cassidy teams were great as well. They all made it to the playoffs. You went on a little bit of a run at points there and they were able to do some great things with Bruce Cassidy. I thought that he was an amazing coach for this team. He kind of gave you that different attitude than what you got from Claude Julien. I, I was very happy with all of that kind of stuff. And I was happy that they that he would go out there and call out the players when they sucked, like a Jake DeBrusque, who would play bad and he would get moved down lines and then he would just completely, you know, complain about it, which it, that's not what you want to hear about your hockey players. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm still from an older generation that just thinks maybe you should be a little tougher and be able to hang handle your coach coming down on you when you do suck. It's not like he was just pulling you out of nowhere and saying, you know, even though you had two goals tonight, I still think you suck. And and it's this, that, and the other thing. It's not like he's berating people who were actually doing good. He was berating people who were doing bad, who needed a little bit of a, you know, kick in the butt to get going, light a fire under them, whatever it needed to do. So I was unhappy with the coaching change at the time. Obviously, as I said, I was wrong. I, I was wrong to think that. 
because at this point, we're now looking at a team that looks poised for a possible long playoff run if everyone can stay healthy and maybe they add a little bit more to them. They look like a really good team right now under Montgomery. So making the coaching change wasn't as bad of a situation for the team as I thought it would be. You know, hey, once again, hand up. I was wrong on that one. I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. 2022, I might have been wrong a little bit, you know, here and there. So it is what it is. Uh, I was wrong with saying that they should have traded Jalen Brown back in the day with the Celtics. I was wrong with them saying with saying they should not get rid of Bruce Cassidy. What, whatever, whatever. We move on. 2023, I'll be right at, on every single one of my takes. That's how that goes. So moving on to number six on the list of the top 10 Boston sports moments or storylines of 2022, we have number six, Zappy Fever. Oh, boy, we're getting back into this whole thing. And this is another one talking about a changing of the guard. You had Mac Jones going down with an injury. He was playing like dog crap at the beginning of the year, throwing these horrible picks that we all were screaming at our TVs. Why are you even attempting to throw that when he's not on the same page with other wide receivers? Then he gets the ankle injury, and in comes Bailey Zappi. And immediately, it's Zappi fever time because they rattle off two wins at that point against terrible teams at the time. I don't want to hear about how good the Lions have become since then. At the time, Lions sucked. Browns sucked. They didn't have a quarterback. Not that that, you know inappropriate person in Deshaun Watson with his massage and things like that would make them a lot better. I don't think that he has yet. He's still very rusty. I think that that Browns team was bad. I think that that Lions team was also very bad. And Zappi came in and used a dumbed down offense to beat up on poor competition, which was fine. And we loved the wins. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that there became a zappy fever type of situation where people were actually calling for, even when Mac Jones is healthy, we can't have him go back in there. That was crazy to me. Okay, time for another break. But when we come back, we'll continue talking about zappy fever and everything else on the 2022 Top 10 Storyline list for Boston Sports here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're talking all about the 2022 Top 10 Storylines for Boston Sports right now, talking about Zappy Fever. Let's get back to it. I don't, I'm not going to tell you that Bailey Zappy can't become a decent quarterback in the NFL, and I'm sure he will be a good backup quarterback throughout his years in the NFL. I, I think that that'll actually happen. Maybe it'll be for the Patriots. Maybe it'll be for somebody else. But to think that after what you saw in just those two games, that he was already better than what Mac Jones showed you in year one, that's crazy to me. I mean, regardless of what you say about Mac Jones and his attitude and how he's looked like a whiny baby yelling at his coaches and things like that, he did still put up enough numbers to be considered a an all pro or not a, a Pro Bowl alternate last year for a team that made the playoffs in his rookie season. Yes, he started to regress towards the back end of the season. I admit that. And he was absolutely terrible in the Buffalo playoff game. The entire team was terrible in that playoff game. So actually, he might have been one of the more bright spots of that at times, but we're not going to get back into that. Matt Jones put up a season that at times you saw him making extremely accurate throws. You saw the presence. You saw his ability to get 
in with his teammates and and be ingrained in that society and everyone was backing him up you saw how good mac jones could be in his rookie year and after three games you were ready to get rid of him in the next season just because of some bad throws in his second year so you go to zappy he wins the two games it's bailey fever bailey zappy fever and then mac jones comes back and after Two, maybe three possessions of Mac Jones coming back off of an injury and making a couple of bad throws. The fan base or the fans in that crowd on that day was immediately chanting Zappy, Zappy, Zappy. And what they get, they got Zappy. Another cra- crazy decision by Bill Belichick, in my opinion, to throw Zappy in there after only a couple of possessions from Mac Jones. I don't know what the deal was there. They go on to lose that game. Zappy had a little bit of a comeback. I guess he had a couple of good possessions through the only touchdown of that game. But then he also played like crap. So it's not like he was any better than Mac Jones. I get the Zappy fever thing from a standpoint of I'm annoyed by the fact that the Patriots haven't figured out their guy yet. I still think it's a crazy line of thinking for Patriots fans. But they're thinking, all right, Mac Jones isn't the guy. We got to figure out the next one. We got to figure out the next one as soon as we possibly can. They're ready to jump to the next one because there is a warped sense of what a quarterback needs to look like in New England for fans to be happy. That's just a fact. I I mean, if you don't look like the second coming of Tom Brady, they are ready to get rid of you like that. And they just thought there was a lot of ignorant fans. I'm not going to lie. Ignorant fans who thought Bailey Zappi. He is a later round draft pick. He's coming in because Mac Jones got injured. He rattles off two wins to start. He's the second coming of Tom Brady. I mean, it's already written on the walls. I mean, this is all what we've been dreaming about for so long. And I think that's an idiotic way of thinking. But I get where the mindset came from. So I'm not I'm not going to say that it makes complete nonsense, no sense, whatever sense. But all I'm going to say is it sounds idiotic to me that you were willing to jump ship that quickly. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to trying to figure out your next quarterback. Get used to it, New England fans. We're here to stay. This is a problem, I know. But we're going to try and figure things out with Mac Jones first. And then, after you've really given him a shot, after you've not just completely dismantled his offensive uh, you know, coaching staff, throw him into the wolves, second year, all this kind of stuff, change up the play calling, you know, change up his weapons, all these kind of things. You're you're gonna do that year two and then immediately throw him in the garbage and try and get a new quarterback. If you, that's gonna be your mindset, we're gonna be like every other NFL team that just rifles through quarterbacks left and right and never can find one because you're getting rid of them too quickly. That's how I personally feel. So Zappy Fever was something, man. Uh, and I hope it's done. I hope it's done. I hope there's not still people out there that are yelling for Zappy to be out there. I, I know there are because of the whininess of Mac Jones recently, but I, I think that you guys need to reevaluate everything that's going on. All right. We're continuing on the list of the top 10 sports storylines in Boston of 2022. This is done by Alex Barth of 98.5 The Sports Hub. Great list by him. Figured I'd go through it to wrap up 2022. Last episode of The Claptrap. And once again, I appreciate everybody uh, for tuning in. Number five on the list, the Ime Odoka suspension. All right. We've got the Ime Odoka situation. I went in depth on this whole thing. You you are talking about a, a coaching swap that happened or a coaching 
substitution that was really supposed to be a firing based off of inappropriate conduct within the workplace by a superior with a you know another a, a woman in the in the facility that he may or may not have taken advantage of we still don't know everything that happened but from at this point the way that nobody wants to touch him the way that they almost kind of traded him gave him to the Brooklyn Nets but even that had to be halted because of what was found out about it Ime Odoka, I think, is a scumbag. I think he honestly is. I think that at this point, it's it's something where, uh, you know, he went out, he took advantage of the situation of, of him in an organization. He became a head coach. He became a head coach that brought his team to the finals in the first year. And maybe he took advantage of that too much. I, I don't know what his real mindset was. I don't know what he used to be like. Uh, I, I know he was dating the Nia Long uh, woman there and they had maybe kids or something never I don't think ever married but they were they were together at least so I, I don't know that was a whole crazy situation obviously and then you go over and you switch to uh Joe Mazzula who's coming in as the new head coach for or the interim interim head coach for the Boston Celtics and they come out and they're flying and and it was great for me because it allowed me to really show you or or like put the money where the mouth is kind of thing with my take that the coaching in the NBA does not matter. The coaching, Ime Odoka's style of coaching didn't matter. It was all about whether the players bought into it or not, because this year you go into it and the players are all fully bought in and wanting to get back to that peak of the mountaintop at the finals once again. And all of a sudden they're one of the greatest teams or, or the best team. They come out to one of the best, if not the best offensive start to any team in the history of the NBA. And you're going to tell me that coaching matters. Oh, come on. This is, this is ridiculous. So you had the Ime Odoka situation. We'll probably not hear from him again for a long time. Maybe he'll go off into the Western conference and be one of the coaches for a, a worse team. And you won't really hear about him. You won't care about it. And maybe that'll happen. But the Ime Odoka suspension, which was really a firing if we're really looking into it, because they were just, you know, biding time to be able to find a reason to actually fire him without paying him. The Ime Odoka suspension is number five on the list of the biggest storylines for 2022 in Boston. Okay, time for another break, but when we come back, we'll continue the top 10 list of 2022 Boston storylines here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. All right, we're back with more of the top 10 list of 2022 sports storylines. Here we go. Number four is a sad one. Uh, unfortunately, Bill Russell passing away was a major storyline of the 2022 year. Uh, it was an unfortunate thing that happened. Obviously, a major, major figure in the NBA. You can see that by how he's been enshrined around the league, his number on the courts, his number retired in certain areas. Bill Russell, an absolute stand-up human being, somebody who did so much not only for the sport of basketball, but for humanity as well. Absolutely beloved by everyone, will be missed at all times. Loved the way that he started getting into it with players towards the end of his, uh, you know, as his time there. He would get into it on Twitter, social media. He'd be flipping off players uh, <laughs> while he was in watching games, things like that. Love the way that he was just interacting with people, the dynamic that he had. And obviously he will be missed. That is a 
big loss for the NBA, for the Celtics, uh, for a lot of people. So, uh, you know, a great thing, great career, great human being, great that he's being celebrated that way that he was. But the number four uh, moment on the list, Bill Russell passing away in 2022. So RIP to Bill Russell, uh, you will be missed. Number three on the list, more recent one. This is about the Red Sox. The Red Sox lose Xander Bogarts. I mean, this is where we're talking about something that I, I don't think that it was as shocking to a lot of people as, you know, it seems like it should have been, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I was already going into it knowing that they were going to get rid of Xander Bogarts. My full focus is on Rafael Devers. It has been for a while. S- sign Rafael Devers. And you'll make a lot of it go away, if I'm being honest. You already got rid of Mookie Betts. We're seeing how bad that that turned out to be as Jeter Downs just got DFA'd. And and he is not going to be anything. He was a big part of that Mookie Betts trade. And then you got, you know, Verdugo, who's meh, I guess. You didn't really get anything for Mookie Betts. Now you're letting Xander Bogarts walk for absolutely nothing But I guess, as I've said, every time I have to give a little bit of credit to the fact that technically they did go out and get a replacement in Trevor Story. Not that he's going to end up playing shortstop. He'll probably still stay at at second base. But still, they attempted to go out there and get somebody for the infield to replace Xander Bogarts. And I do think that Trevor Story will be good on this team. He didn't have a great season this first season with the team. I do think that he will be good, great defensively, obviously. And he'll be able to stay in that second base position, which will hopefully, uh, you know, lengthen his career with the Red Sox and he'll be good. So the Xander Bogart's loss, I think, is a huge mistake. They kept calling him a top priority. They wanted to get him signed badly, but they were nowhere close to what he was going to get for money. Uh, this just continues to be a theme with the High Bloom era, where you know he's. I, I feel bad a little bit for High Bloom because we get on him all the time, but in all honesty, it's because his owner, John Henry, doesn't want to spend any money. So what are you supposed to do when you're the Boston? When you look like the Boston Red Sox, when you have that Boston Red Sox logo on your chest, on your hat, but yet you peel it away and you're actually the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's what your budget looks like. Excuse me. That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem for any GM who's trying to go out there and talk to a fan base that wants championships. And he's only allowed to do it with, you know, bubble gum and chewing tape, (laughs) chewing gum and and tape, you know, putting piecing this thing together with the worst pieces possible. That's what I'm Bloom's job is right now. So you got to feel bad for him a little bit. But they were never going to sign Xander Bogarts. They were never even close with him. They're not even close with Rafael Devers. So now that's becoming an issue. You're hearing things like, is he going to get traded at the trade deadline this year? Man, how much of a rock bottom would we get to with this Red Sox team if they trade Rafael Devers at the trade deadline? And imagine it's all just prospects because that's probably what it would be. And you're not even going to see a return on those players for three, four seasons, something like that. So get ready for that, Red Sox fans. That's a number three moment, number three storyline in all of Boston sports for 2022. Losing Xander Bogarts, well, get ready, because 2023, that's going to be losing Raphael Devers. That's what's going to happen. That's That's the path that we're on currently, and it's terrible. It's terrible. All right. Moving on to number two of the list of the top 10 storylines for 2022 in Boston, we have the Patriots' offensive dysfunction. 
This is terrible. This is, I mean, you can go back to the Zappy Fever one with this one. The offensive dysfunction between having Matt Patricia and Joe Judge being the play callers, being the offensive mindset people on the organization, on the roster of coaches. It was a terrible decision. Everybody saw it going into the year. Everybody has seen it play out throughout the year. Bad decision making, horrible play calling. Being one of the most predictable teams offensively in the entire league, it's been terrible. It's all on Bill Belichick at the end of the day for putting these guys in this position because you should have known what you were going to get out of a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator trying to go and run your offense. They're predictable. They don't make any different moves. They don't make any, they don't do anything to make this team better. They really just don't. Uh, I, I mean, you can talk about the offensive line all you want and how that has been an up and down roller coaster throughout the season. You can talk about switching the quarterbacks, having your starter in Mac Jones be injured for three weeks. Obviously, you had to change things up there. But at the end of the day, you knew what you were going in with and you got exactly what you thought you were going to get. They are who we thought they were. All right. That's they are who they thought we thought they were that to bring back that famous quote. We knew that this was not going to work. They still rolled it out thinking that it might work. And hey, lo and behold, it doesn't work. Crazy to think. Crazy concept to think that it just doesn't work. Crazy, crazy. So Patriots offensive uh, dysfunction was number two on the list. It's been the major talk of all sports throughout the entire year. It will continue to be a major topic of sports going into 2023. Uh, It just is what it is. There's a lot of changes that need to be made with the Patriots. There's a lot of changes. All right, we're going to take our last break before we finish up the show and finish up 2022 on the Claptrap here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. All right, we're back from our final break and ready to wrap up the show and 2022. Let's get back into it. As I said, I keep bringing up what we are doing right now. If you're just jumping into the show, it is the 10 biggest Boston sports storylines of 2022 by Alex Barth of 98.5, the sports hub. We're about to go to the number one on the list. But first, I want to do some of the honorable mentions that he put on there as well. Before we get to number one, we have the Patriots blown out in the playoff game in Buffalo. That was a terrible moment. Uh, I mean, it was just like a slap in the face. You you supposedly got to the playoffs, but did you really get to the playoffs? I don't think so. Number two on the honorable mentions list, David Ortiz elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Great to see it. Questionable character issues the last couple of years off the field, but one of the greatest, if not the greatest clutch hitter in all of baseball, David Ortiz. He's the man. We all love him. Big poppy. That's what it is. Number three on the honorable mentions list, Patrice Bergeron coming back and re-signing with the Bruins. We all thought he was done. He was all sorts of banged up towards the end of last year. The team looked like they were starting. The, the That era was finally disbanding. The 2011 Stanley Cup team was going to be completely gone. We weren't going to see any of it. And not only did you get Patrice Bergeron back, but you got David Krejci back as well. So crazy to see. And now you see how good the Bruins are doing this year. The last one on the honorable mentions list, the Patriots lose on the lateral play to the Raiders. Absolutely terrible. This one's very recent, still very fresh. It hurts. And uh, I can't believe that Jacoby Myers tried to do that. Tried to throw that ball backwards. Ridiculous, ridiculous. But the number one 
on the list of the top 10 sports storylines for 2022 in Boston is the Celtics run to the finals. Great job by the Boston Celtics. Uh, they were able to turn it around. We talked about it earlier in the show. Turned around their entire season from absolute mediocre, under 500 in January to being a top three seed. I believe they ended up being the two seed, was it? I don't remember. Uh, going on the run, beating teams like the Bucks on their way to the finals, winning two games against the Warriors in the finals. They just didn't have enough in the tank to finish it off. Plus, the Warriors figured out how to D up on Jason Tatum. It was their first attempt in the finals. I don't believe it'll be the last for this iteration of this Celtics squad with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Those guys are going to be there. I'm expecting finals again this year. It was a heck of a run. I didn't believe in them early in the year. I just didn't. I didn't. I think a lot of people didn't. I think a lot of people wanted to trade Jalen. Uh, uh, yeah, Jalen Brown. And I think that they wanted to kind of move on and see what they could do with a new team. Excuse me. Now we've gotten to the point where they've completely flipped that script. They are a top-tier team this year once again. They added Malcolm Brogdon to them. So what was something that they were missing in the finals? A Malcolm Brogdon-type player. Another piece that can come off the bench that can give you a little extra. That's what they were missing. That's what they got. Celtics finals run was the best thing of 2022. It's going to be another thing added to the list in 2023 because I'm expecting them to get back to the finals. So that was the list of the top 10 sports storylines of 2022 by Alex Barth of the 98.5 The Sports Hub. Great list by him. A lot of great moments, a lot of great memories in 2022. A lot of painful stuff as well. So that's kind of how things went. We're going to see how 2023 works out. I'm hopeful for some good stuff out of the Bruins and the Celtics. Both those teams have a chance to make legitimate playoff runs. We're going to see what happens with the Patriots. As I said, they have a chance to beat the Miami Dolphins this weekend, and then it's win and you're in against the Bills if they're able to do that. So obviously I know, big if, if you can even beat the Miami Dolphins without Tua. It's not a given. We know that. So big game. They, they can find a way to lose a game, though. We know that over these last couple of weeks. We'll see if the, the Patriots are able to actually find a way to backdoor, get into the playoffs. The, the Red Sox are just screwing themselves. Uh, there's just no way. I have no, no thoughts about that team getting any better anytime soon. I just don't. I don't think it'll happen. We'll see. We'll obviously follow them, and this will be an interesting uh, you know, summer. Be some major rule changes going into the new baseball season, so I'll be interested in that. Uh, but otherwise, 2022 was fun. 2023, I'm hoping for better even. Me personally, 2022 was a great year. We're going to hope for even better in 2023. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you have a great New Year's Eve, most overrated holiday of the world in the world for me. I hope that you're all staying in and just being with your family and friends. That's the best way to celebrate New Year's Eve, in my opinion. If you go out to the bars or any of that other stuff, I think you're an idiot, personally. No offense. I just think you're an idiot. I think you won't have fun. Don't go out to the bars. Even if you're in your early 20s, I'm trying to warn you right now, don't go out to the bars. Try and fi find yourself a house party or something like that if you want to get into that kind of stuff. That's the way you're actually going to have fun. That's the claptrap way of doing th things now. But I am an older man now. I'm in my 30s, and so maybe it's not the same. But I'm telling you, 
in my opinion, it's an overrated holiday. All right, enough of the negative naysaying and everything like that. Like I said, I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you ring in the new year with the ones that you love. I hope everyone has a good start to 2023. We'll be back again next week to kick it all off. And as I said, I'll be trying to do new things throughout the new year with the claptrap and everything like that. But if you're not following along yet, uh, we are on YouTube now. We have the podcast. Just search the claptrap. We're also on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to probably get on Facebook in 2023 as well. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see how it goes. But just search the claptrap. You'll be able to find it. I appreciate you guys. If you're uh, on the radio right now, we do have the gambling competition coming up next. So go on to the podcast or the YouTube if you want to follow along with the gambling competition. Otherwise, I will see you guys next year. Have a good one. Peace. Now it's time to win you some money with a couple minutes of gambling talk. All right, we've got the gambling competition now. The last picks of 2022 the competition with the guys it is uh it has not been a good year for the claptrap guys not gonna lie uh we finally got cam back to 500 at 39 39 and 2 uh we got mendez slightly under at 38 and 42 i'm uh pulling up in third at 33 46 and 1 Ugh. and i hope somebody was fading matt like he told you to at the beginning of the year because he is at a dismal 29 48 and 3 so as a group, we suck. We just suck. Uh, the top two guys, hey, maybe they can get above 500 and we'll look okay. It's it's how you finish. It's all about how you finish, right? Those numbers at the end. Uh, we'll see who, who can maintain, if Cam can maintain that lead. He's got like a one and a half game lead up over Mendez. We'll see if he can continue that. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be all Cam uh, the rest of the way. So uh, we're going to get into the picks like I said, and finish off 2022 the right way, and then we'll have one more week of gambling picks next week to start off 2023. But uh, it's uh, it's not looking good for me personally in my own damn competition. All right, anyways, let's get to my picks. I got a couple of college picks going. So I'm going to start off there with Michigan minus 7.5 against TCU. I know I haven't given you any college picks all year, I've just been looking into this one. Maybe I should have been doing college picks. I mean, I've been absolutely trash this year, so I'm kind of trying to switch things up. Last week, I went all player props, went three and two. This week, I got a couple of college and then back to the NFL, no player props. So we'll see how things go. If I can somehow pull out a couple of really nice weeks here to finish it off, maybe I can get to 500 on the year. That's all I really care about. But I'm taking Michigan minus seven and a half against TCU. From everything I've looked into, from any amounts of college football I've watched, Michigan has been a wagon this year. Harbaugh's got that team rolling. I think they're going to roll right through TCU, who from what I've looked into, read about, uh, heard about, TCU's kind of just happy to be in the mix. I think that Mich Michigan is going to dominate them. So I'm taking Michigan minus 7.5 at against uh, TCU to start off my list. Pick number two, I am going with Georgia minus 6.5 against Ohio State. This is another one. Georgia is, from all accounts, the best team in all of college football, coming off of last year, too, where they were dominant as well. Ohio State got their doors blown off by Michigan before, but they still made it into the college playoff. I think that this team in Ohio State, once again, from everything I've looked into, from everything I've read, everything people have talked about, 
They are a more skill-based team, Ohio State is, and Georgia is just going to roll over them. So I'm taking Georgia minus six and a half against Ohio State for my second pick. My third pick is going to be Patriots minus two and a half at home against the Dolphins. Dolphins have Teddy Bridgewater going. That's the only really reason that the Patriots are in this one and favored it. I think it's going to be in New England. They got that advantage. I know that they have a distinct way and crazy way of just blowing games. Patriots do, but I feel that the Patriots will win this one just so that they can tease Patriots fans enough when they go into the game against the Bills. So I'm taking Patriots to win by a field goal or more Patriots minus two and a half at home against the Dolphins for my third pick. Pick number four is going to be 49ers Raiders under 42 points in this one. Raiders are heavy favorites. And I, I am sorry, not Raiders. Niners are heavy favorites in this one. Raiders are starting Jared Stidham which is crazy. I know that uh, Derek Carr has already left the team and teammates of his, including Devontae Adams, are pissed about it. I don't understand why they're making the switch to Stidham when they have what's considered a top-tier offense this year, at least by statistical standpoints. The defense has really suffered for the Raiders, so I don't know why they're making the switch. I think that Stidham is going to suck. Uh, I think that the 49ers defense is going to be able to hold them to barely any points. And I feel like the 49ers are not going to score a crazy amount. They're just going to get in, get the job done, get out of there. I think 49ers Raiders under 42 points is a good one. That's my fourth pick. My last pick, my fifth pick, I'm going with Chargers minus six and a half at home against the Rams. I know that the Chargers haven't looked really Crazy good. They've just been in these games. They haven't been scoring a ton, any of that. But the Rams are coming off of a 51-14 to performance. They're riding high and a bunch of scrubs and backups in there. I don't think that they're going to come off of that with a good win this week, too. Like I said, riding high. And the Chargers are going to be able to take care of business at home. I'm expecting them to win by a touchdown or more. So my fifth pick is Chargers minus six and a half at home against the Rams. Those are my five picks. Like I said, went three and two last week. Try to have another good week this weekend. See if I can at least get back to a reasonable standing for the entire year. I don't know how it's going to go. We'll try it out. Got a couple of college three in the pros. We'll see how things do, but it's now time to get on to Cam's picks. He's leading in the clubhouse, as I said before, so we'll see what he's got going into this second to last week of the gambling competition. Here are Cam's picks. Hey, y'all. It's Cam here with the picks for the week. Uh, we'll start with the Patriots, minus two and a half against the Dolphins. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater sucks. And I kind of think the Patriots would have won anyway, so I love that under three. Uh, also take the Jets, minus two and a half. Uh, they're much better with Mike White as QB, and the Seahawks have been a disaster for like the last month. Uh, next is Jags-Houston, over 43 and a half. Uh, the Jags' offense has been rolling lately, and Houston's actually been scoring a decent amount of points too, so I think that's too low. Uh, Rams plus six and a half against the Chargers. Uh, I think this is way too high because the Chargers uh, just wrapped up a playoff so that they don't really have anything to play for. Plus, Staley used to be McVay's uh, defensive coordinator, so I think both teams are familiar with each other. The last is the Steelers plus three against the Ravens because uh, they just pretty much always take the underdog uh, when these teams play. 
So to recap, Patriots minus two and a half, Jets minus two and a half, Jags Houston over 43 and a half, Rams plus six and a half, Steelers plus three. Okay, those are Cam's picks right there, making me feel pretty crappy about my Chargers pick after his logic. Sounds right, but I'm still sticking with my Chargers minus six and a half. He's got Rams plus six and a half. He also liked the Patriots too, just like I did. Uh, he would have liked them even if Tua was in there, apparently. So uh, I wasn't thinking the same way on that one. But since it's Teddy Bridgewater, I agree with him there. We'll see if Cam can hang uh, and and get another good week here. He was 2-3 and three last week. That brought Mendez back into the equation to see if he could actually uh, try and win this competition. So we'll see how things go. Those are Cam's picks. Let's get on to Mendez's picks. Happy week 17. Um Good week last week, besides getting my Christmas ruined by Cam, beating me in the fantasy playoffs, but hopefully I can catch up to him in this. All right. Uh, first play, Geno Smith under 241.5 pass yards versus the Jets. Uh, Jets have a good defense. Mike White's coming back. I think that's going to spot him. Seahawks kind of trending down. His weapons are bang up. Uh, I think Geno's kind of starting to get exposed a little bit, and I'll take that under. Um, second play, I like over Aaron Rodgers over 230 and a half pass yards versus Minnesota. Uh, they're probably going to be pay- playing catch up. Aaron Jones hurt. Um, I didn't see Rodgers throwing the ball. That line's still low for him. I know he might not have Watson, but he'll have Lazard, Romeo Dodds. He should be able to hit that line, I feel. Um, third play, Ramondre Stevenson over 56 and a half rush yards versus Miami. Miami's playing Bridgewater. I think that game's going to be close, probably favoring New England. I think even if Tua was playing, uh, New England would be in it. I think they're really going to try to establish the run. Uh, Stevenson, obviously, big fumble last week. I think he's going to come out with something to prove. Fourth play, James Conner over 20 and a half receiving yards versus Atlanta. This one seems a little 50, seems low. He hit that mark the last four games, but Colt McCoy's back in. I can see a couple dump offs. I mean, he had seven catches last game, so I'll go with that. Just play with God White over 14 and a half receiving yards for Carolina. Burnett came out, said he was banged up. The coach instead, and I tried to get White more touches in the first half. The Tampa Bay coaches are obviously very dumb, but uh, I still think that line's low. He's an explosive player. I think he can hit that on one play. All right, hopefully we can jump Cam this week right all right, those are uh, Mendez's picks right there. As he said, he was in the fantasy football semi semi <clears throat> semifinals because everyone cares about our fantasy football teams against Cam, and Cam ruined his Christmas. So that's what he was talking about there for a little context. He's got a couple of picks in there that he likes. Like he said, great week last weekend for him. Went four and one. See if he can do it again. He's back in the competition. Can he jump over Cam? That will be the big question mark on that one. All right. That is going to do it for today's show. Thank you for anyone tuning in on the podcast or on the YouTube channel. Appreciate it. We will be back in 2023 for more of the gambling competition and other things here on the Claptrap. So keep tuned uh, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at the Claptrap. Search for us anywhere for podcasts, YouTube. Just search the Claptrap. You'll find it. All right. See you guys later. See you in 2023. Bye.